Lecture Topic 28th Ramadan Asar That beware of these baseless suspicions because this is the worst lie. Now lying is a very severe sin and everybody understands how evil a lie is. Any person with a little bit of understanding of deen he knows this is a very great sin and forbidden and person who lies on the day of Qiyamah the punishment of this has been mentioned in the Hadith Sharif his cheeks will be torn from one end to the other one cheek one first then the other cheek Nabi Salaam was shown this azab when he was taken on Mi'raj or on another occasion he was shown all these aspects so in any case lying is a very serious sin and in this Hadith Sharif it is being said that the zan, this ill thoughts, this is the worst lie. فَإِنَّ hadith. How this becomes the worst lie? When a person is lying, then he also knows he is lying. That's why it is genuinely a lie. If he was convinced about what he is saying is true, but it turned out that it was not really what he thought it was, then you won't call it a lie because that was a mistake. He was convinced he saw Zaid come in and he is ready to take a qasam on it that he was here just now. It turned out that the person was looking very much like Zaid but it was Amr. It wasn't Zaid. So now he didn't speak a lie. What he spoke was not the reality but it wasn't something deliberate so he won't be sinful. A lie is where he is deliberately saying something that is not the truth, it is against what the truth is. So obviously he himself is aware that he is lying. So when he himself is aware it's lying, he is lying, so he is conscious at least of the sin also. What I am saying is a lie, this is wrong. And the fact that he is aware he is lying, and if he has little bit of shame, little bit of consciousness, that will certainly come and trouble him somewhere, and he will then want to make amends for this. He'll, somewhere down the line something will come into his heart sooner or later that I can't continue in this manner, this is a terrible sin, I must make Toba from this, I must stop this kind of life. So the chances of him making Toba are there. There's a chance that he will soon get the topic of making Toba. Now this is in the case of lying. And in the case where a person is harboring these ill thoughts, these suspicions and then escalating it in his heart to a matter of conviction. And then obviously when this has come to this level, he is going to then even speak about it to somewhere, going to mention something somewhere. But he has taken this to be fact. Now, it is baseless, he has this perception in his mind, this is some supposition the supposition has become a fact in his mind. But it's a supposition. There's no proof for it. There's no evidence. And now he has escalated this to a conviction. So where is he going to make Toba from this? He is very convinced about himself. This is the reality. Whereas it's far from the reality. So the person who is lying, that is obviously a very serious sin. But he is also conscious that what I am doing is wrong. So the chances of him making Toba are still open. And this person, very, very far fetched that he is going to now 
Mektoba, unless something later on makes it apparent to him that what he was thinking was totally baseless. Some situation comes up and sometimes this happens that at that point in time a person he is sure that what he is doing is right and later on it becomes apparent to him that he was completely confused or he was deceived or he was in a very severe mistake. One person, some incident he read somewhere he was mentioning, one person had gone, he was going to take a flight and in order to now just pass the time before the flight he was sitting and waiting for his flight to leave so he went and bought something to eat whatever it was, some snack and then he put that snack on the side well that's what he, it was in his mind he put it on the side of him in between some little table or something and then he got busy reading something so now he got so engrossed in what he was reading and as he's reading he is picking up this like whatever it might have been, some snack now so his hand is going like almost subconsciously into that, dipping into it and he's eating something suddenly he became aware that there's somebody sitting alongside him meaning on the next seat, now there's some table in between and that person is also sharing from this so first he wanted to say something but then he's just observing then he took another piece of it and he sees this person took one piece also so now he's becoming a bit irritated but then he thought to himself since I'm an educated person so I can't make a big scene here and you know it'll be so now just but if it wasn't this place and if it was somewhere else then I would have taught this person a lesson by now and I would have shown him what it means to now dip his hands into somebody else's food so in any case this continued until now the last piece was left when the last piece was left before he could get to it, that person got to it, but he broke it in half. And he took half, and he ate that half, and then he woke up and went away. So that now infuriated him further. This fellow had no decency to even just, he ate it without permission to start off with. And then he didn't even thank me for it too. And he just walked away. So in any case, he was now, but just something kept him quiet. And then suddenly the announcement was now for the flight to now start boarding. So he woke up, went and boarded the flight. Now when he came to sit in his seat, he decided to now, whatever he was reading, decided to continue reading. Oh. So now he had put it into the bag that he was carrying, that little hand bag. So now he went to take that out again, whatever he was reading, went to take it out from the bag. Now when he went to take it out from the bag, suddenly got a shock that that snack that he bought was still in that bag. Now he realized he was eating from that person's snack. And all this while he was getting very upset, he wanted to teach him a lesson, he wanted to show him a point, and he was about to make a scene about it, but something held him back. Now he realized, but now that person is gone his way, and he's sitting in somewhere else, there's no way of even getting back to him to apologize. He's on his way. But now this became apparent to him. But supposing by chance, just for argument's sake, that snack that he had bought fell off somewhere also. He would have been living with this. He would have been talking about it. You should have seen one fellow, what a kind of person he was. And what kind of character this person had. No brains at all. Eats from somebody else's thing, doesn't even say thank you in the end. 
he would have been mentioning this at every occasion that he would have had a chance. But it was his good fortune that his error came to his attention. It was his good fortune that he realized who was really the one who needed a lesson. Now, this might be some incident somebody had, but we have to reflect, we will find many times something similar, that we have a misunderstanding of things. But that misunderstanding or some, some supposition about something, and that becomes so deep in our hearts, that this is 100%. Sometimes it's just some little misunderstanding, and a person takes an impression out of it. But meanwhile, it's out of a misunderstanding. There's one incident, this is more just somebody's story for the moral perhaps, which mentioned many times before. This one lady, her two nephews, both of them suffered a tragedy around the same time. Both brothers, one person lost his wife, the other person was a fisherman, he used to have a boat, and he used to go fishing with his boat, and earn a living out of this. It happened that that boat sank. Now one person, one brother, his wife passed away, the other brother, his boat sank. Now this aunt was living far away and she hadn't seen her nephews for a long time too and then now she heard about both of them suffered this tragedy. So she decided she needs to go and visit them, pay her respects, Tazi So in any case she came. Now when she came, she didn't remember whose wife passed away and whose boat sank. Any case, she went to visit the first one of them first. She happened to go visit the one whose boat sank, and she started talking in a generalized way, but thinking she is consoling him on the loss of his wife. And she's saying to him, "You know what? I heard about the tragedy, and Latala give you sabr." Now she's talking in a general way, but she, in her mind, is consoling him on the loss of his wife. Now he found now she's going on, he felt now she's probably overreacting. So in a way he said, so the old thing is gone now, don't worry about it. <laughs> so she got a shock of her life and she came out from there totally shocked and then she went to visit some other relatives. She said, I came all the way to visit this nephew of mine, to console him. But this is the, maybe one day has passed, two days have passed. And this is the manner he just talks, what kind of character this person has, what kind of manners he has. Now she's built that, she's 100% of how, how lowly this person is. He doesn't have basic decency, he has lost his wife and he's talking. Now that's in her mind. What's in her mind has become fact. Whereas she's totally, there's a complete misunderstanding here. She was talking about something, he didn't know what she's talking about. And he's talking about something else, she doesn't know what he's talking about. Both are talking of different aspects. If both knew what they were talking about, the matter would have been cleared. If he realized that she was, because she was talking in a general way, he didn't realize what mistake she's making. And what he was talking about was something else. Now this is exactly what happens in many, many instances in day-to-day -day life. Somebody is talking about A, and somebody is talking about Z, not even B. They're talking about two totally different things. But both are not realizing that we are on the different page. Now, this suffer, there's a new airport, so now somebody had to pick up a parcel. So the person who came to pick it up, so now somebody is trying to contact him, 
So he's saying, I'm at gate so and so. The person is saying, okay, we're coming. Then we got there, he says, you can't see you. He says, no, no, okay, you're probably downstairs. Now they're in this upstairs, downstairs. Finally they realized, one person was at a different airport, and the other person was in a totally different place. And now they're trying to locate the same gate. Now when you're in two different places, how are you going to locate the same gate? Now that's exactly what happens in many, many instances, day-to-day life. But just that we are so convinced in our mind that this person knows what I'm talking about. So we are talking without specifications, without details. We are going in just some little indications. Because we are sure he knows what I am talking about. That person is responding about something else. He is thinking this person knows what I am talking about. This carries on and later on now there is such a confusion and nobody now takes the initiative to get to the bottom of it that look, what really happened here? Something is not sounding right, something is a problem here. But we just go with that which was the perception and we make conclusions on it. One person, there was some emergency, his child got very, very ill, so now he needed an emergency operation, something happened. So in any case, the doctor was called, the surgeon was called, so the surgeon came, but he came a little delayed. And when he came delayed, now his father was waiting out there, so the people who had initially attended to the child informed him that, look, the surgeon has been called, he's on his way now, it's an emergency operation. It was a very, very delicate situation, it was, so to say, like a kind of life and death matter. So in any case now, obviously in this kind of situation, the emotions get high. So eventually the surgeon walked in. When he walked in, the father of the child was standing there, and the first thing he asked him that, what's the need, what's the reason for this delay? So he told him, look, please let me get my work done. So he said, if it was your son, if it was your child on that bed there, in that life and death situation, then you wouldn't have delayed like this. So this person still remained calm, and he said, look, please, let me get on with my work. And he just bypassed him and went away inside. So in any case, he went away in, two, two hours later he came out, and then he told the father, look, uh, that, Alhamdulillah, everything is fine. The operation was successful. And inshallah, Allah ta'ala give your son uh, recovery and give him shifa. And saying this, he started moving off. Now this father was still in his emotions and he still wants to ask further questions. But this person rushed off. When he rushed off, this father became more enraged. To start off with, he came late. And now he doesn't have the courtesy to even just answer my questions. So in any case, he was already gone. Some while later, somebody else from the theater had come out, some nurse or whoever. So this father asked that nurse, that this doctor, what kind of a surgeon he is? He just came late. I'm trying to talk to him, trying to ask him some questions. And he just brushed me aside and rushed off. The nurse informed him, or informed the person, that actually what happened was that his son passed away, there was an accident. But because we called him that this is an emergency, so he rushed off to attend to your child. Now he's gone to bury his son. And you, this person was now jumping to the conclusions about the poor character of this man. To start off with, he came delayed, and now he's going without giving me time but what was the situation on the other side now often we make these conclusions too 
we often make these conclusions without realizing what's going on on the other side what pain somebody else is in and as a result of that pain why they are unable to focus on something why they are unable to uh, perhaps cooperate in something that we want but what's going on we haven't decided to check that now this person became very upset so now that was his son that this person has got no character got no akhlaq a very very mean person comes delayed then doesn't have the courtesy now all these are the things in the mind and then this becomes escalated to a conviction about somebody and what is the reality on the other side the reality on the other side is a very different story now if we were in that person's position the chances are we won't even we won't even answer that call but that person went out of his way because it was somebody else's child's life so now these are the lessons that we have to imbibe we have to take into our heart that not to jump to conclusions hazrat ibn sirin rahimahullah he says if you hear something from somebody then make an excuse for him meaning you heard something or you saw something which to you appears to be a very negative thing you make an excuse for him that this is perhaps not what he meant he meant something else as far as possible make an excuse and he says when you can't make an excuse you can't find an excuse for him then say to yourself i can't find the excuse there must be something which i can't see there must be something which i can't see if you want peace in life this is a prescription for it abu huraira radiyallahu anhu relates a hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam husnul zann min husnil ibadah husnul zann harboring having good thoughts finding that good possibility in something this is part of good a very good ibadat this is an ibadat so this is what we have to train our hearts and minds for the mindset as we discussed earlier when that in terms of the mindset that deen gives us the mindset of reconciliation the mindset of maintaining peace the mindset of trying to enhance the good feelings that same mindset has to be developed for this purpose as well that that mindset will direct the thinking that in which direction a person's thinking goes when his thinking has been when his mind has been uh when it has been molded in a positive mold he's molded that mind in a positive mold the thoughts are going to go through that mold person they are making something sometimes baking something or some kind of biscuit or whatever so it's pushed through a mold anything is manufactured plastic is all manufactured through a mold any plastic way is a mold now that one mold but all that raw material goes through that mold everything comes out the same shape on the other side so now that one mold but everything is going to go through it then whatever comes out on the other side is the same shape so if the person has molded his mind to be positive he will find the positivity in everything as it comes through his mind all different things will come through in find a positive shape at the end and if he has molded his mind to be negative 
the most positive situations also will come out in a negative shape at the end. There will be some negativity he will find at the end. So there will be something or the other that he will still have some footnote on, some negative footnote. All this will be positive, but that negative footnote, I think you did it because you are expecting now that tomorrow you will have to come to me for some, for some work. So you now just buttering your bread on one side already now, you did me this favor. But the person did a favor, the person did what he wanted to do, now he is adding one footnote. I think this was done because tomorrow this person will come to me for something. So this mold is what the mold that Deen has given us is a mold of positivity. Yes, situations will come that will have to be dealt with, but by and large things will come out on the positive side. And we'll save ourselves great amount of torment. We ourselves will be peaceful, will become a means of peace and happiness for others as well. So this is a very, very important lesson. The Quran Sharif is giving us this very great lesson. It's the Nibu Kathiram min Azan. In fact, lesson and an injunction. This is a command of Allah Ta'ala. It's the Nibu Kathiram min Azan. Inna ba'ad Azanni Isman. Some of these thoughts are sin. And obviously, if it is sin, now this is amalul qalb, this is an action of the heart, and therefore it is accountable and a person on the day of Tiamat will be asked to now bring the evidence for it. So now if in dunya already we can't provide evidence, where are we going to find the evidence on the day of Tiamat? So one part of it as discussed yesterday is that if something demands caution from one side, he may drop the caution, but he still can't jump to the conclusion. He may drop the caution but he still cannot make any judgment on the other side that this was the reason or that was the reason that is something that is not in anybody's capacity just in one, one to finish off on one incident in the time of Rasulullah there was one very major incident that took place Rasulullah had prepared to now march on Makkah Makkah Mukarramah at that time was not yet conquered and the Mushrikeen had broken the treaty that was signed in Hudaybiyah. They had now gone totally against it and broken it. So eventually Nabi Wasallam decided that now is the time that these people have broken the treaty as well and they have done great injustice to one of the allies of the Muslims. So now we have to do what we have to do. So in any case Nabi Wasallam kept this very very quiet in terms of what was the purpose of this preparation and in, in, instructed all the Sahaba Ikram as well that nobody must let this out that what is our preparation for and where we are going to be heading to. Any case one Sahabi he realized now that this is going to be a decision day. The Quraysh are not going to be able to withstand this and perhaps they would be all flattened. So he decided that my family is all based in Makkah Mukarramah still, he had made hijrat and come away. But he was not a person who was originally from Makkah Mukarramah. He had come from out and he had settled there. So he had no relatives, he had nobody else who would really see to his family as such. So now he decided, let me just write this note. He wrote one note and gave it to one woman who was traveling in the direction of Makkah Mukarramah that must hand this letter to the Quraysh. In that letter what he wrote was, that Nabi Islam is preparing to come with an army that you have no strength against. And even if you decide to do anything, if you, whatever you try to come in between, 
Allah is going to assist him and he is going to be dominant. He wrote these words, something on this line, and he gave it to this person. Rasulullah summoned Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an, Hazrat Niqdad bin Aswad, one of the Sahabi, and he told them, you'll go quickly to a certain point, this lady is traveling, you'll go and find this letter on her and bring it back. This was the mu'jiza of Rasulullah by Wahi Allah informed him. The long and short of it is, eventually that letter was intercepted, it was brought back. Nabi summoned the Sahabi and asked him, what is this all about? This was meant to be a secret, nobody was to let it out that what we are preparing for. And you gave this letter, so he responded and said, Ya, ya Rasulullah, this had nothing to do with me having reneged from Islam or that I felt in any way that I'm going to try and stop this from happening. But this was the position, I just got caught up in this emotion of the moment that my family is there and now if this happens, nobody will take care of them. So perhaps the courage, because I'm doing this so-called favor to them, they will just bear with, deal with them favorably. But I am fully convinced that Allah Ta'ala will cause you to be dominant. Rasulullah accepted this. Hazrat Umar was standing close by. He sought permission. Give me permission to behead him. He is a munafiq. Nabi Islam said he is not a munafiq. Now obviously, Nabi Islam is a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. So if he is talking about something that is hidden in a person's heart, he is talking from wahi. And he said that, don't you know he is also a Badri Sahabi, he has participated in Badr. Yes, this is a very serious mistake he made. But this is not out of nifaq. Now, we will never be able to make that judgment of what is in the heart of any person. Nabi Sassam overlooked this, forgave him, but endorsed what he was saying, that what he is saying is genuine. The excuse is not just something that he is making up a story now. He made a serious blunder, but that blunder was not based on nifaq. That blunder was based on a emotion, it was a mistake, but Nabi Sassam accepted it. Now such a serious matter, Hazrat Umar was enraged. He said, let me behead him now. He is a munafiq. Nabi Islam said, no, he is not. Now the external side of it, the circumstantial evidence would have weighed in the side of what Hazrat Umar is saying. But this was something that was guided by wahi. Nabi Islam said, he is not a munafiq. Leave it out. Now, many a time something seems very convincing to us. What the reality could be, could be something else. Until we are not 100% certain, we don't make any decisions in our heart and mind about something. Otherwise, that could become a sin. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us.